So once again, today's sermon is entitled Rejected But Chosen. Rejected But Chosen. I'm going to read from 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 1 to 12. And it says, Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all, and all evil speakings, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word, that you may grow thereby. Verse 4. Coming to him as a living stone, rejected by men, but chosen by God and precious. Verse 5. You also as living stones are being built up as a spiritual house, a holy priesthood. As a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Verse 6. Verse 6. Therefore, it is also contained in the scripture. Behold, I lay in Zion, a chief cornerstone, elect and precious, and he who believes on him will by no means be put to shame. Therefore, to you who believe, he is precious, but those who are disobedient, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone, and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offence. They stumble being disobedient to the word to which they also were appointed. But they are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people to those who may proclaim the praises of him who called people but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy but now have obtained mercy. Verse 11. Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul, having your conduct honourable among the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. This is the word of the Lord. I wanted to, reason why I entitled this sermon, Rejected But Chosen, is because I don't know if you guys have ever been like me, where there's been times where you might feel like, you know what? Yeah, man, I deserve this position. I deserve to be picked. I remember when I was, for those of you guys that are avid footballers, when you're playing football in your local environments, me, in my area, we had a cage and we played football. And in the beginning, they'll always have two people that they pick as captains. And they say, who's going to be a captain? And sometimes you get the people like, no, I don't want to be a captain. And then you get those people that are really avid and like, yeah, I want to be a captain. I want to be a captain. And they have the two captains and everyone else has to stand by the wall. And as they're standing by the wall, they now begin to select. Sometimes they might select it as, I go first, you go first. Or they might toss a coin to see who goes first. Or usually, sometimes those that have first pick, the second choice person will get to pick two players before they continue going back and forth on who's going to select the next possible players. Usually they'll do that because the person that usually gets first pick is always aiming to pick the best player that is standing on the side. And as everyone picks somebody, we'll see that each role gets stacked up. Come to this side. I pick you. Yeah, you come to this side. Oh, yeah, you, my friend. Yeah, yeah, come. And you always hear sometimes disgruntles or noises from the opposition team. Like, oh, why do you pick him? Oh, they got him as well. Or they got her as well. And what happens? As the people that are standing by the fence or by the wall, 
are waiting to be picked, you would usually see on the faces of those that am I going to be lost? Are they going to pick me last? Sometimes it even gets even worse. Where there's been two or three people left and you're looking towards your left and your right like, please don't let me be picked last. And then as there's two of you to throw Spanner in the works, you get that one player that always turns up late that is quality in his performance in playing football that walks into the cage and goes, oh, I want to pick him. And even that particular person gets picked ahead of you. If you've ever been in that particular scenario, please just leave a comment inside any of the platforms that you're viewing from. And usually what happens, somebody gets picked last. And when people get picked last, what happens is that sometimes you get picked on the last team that so that you're not just, yeah, come over here. There's a lack of enthusiasm in their tone of voice, in their facial expressions. And sometimes that might even affect your performance when the game commences. But if there's one thing I realized in that is that Sometimes when we feel rejected, we forget that we are still chosen. We're chosen by people in that place. Sometimes when we begin our performance, we feel like, I don't even feel like playing anymore, man. Or your, your enthusiasm or your self-belief is diminished because of what has happened during the selection process. For some of us, being rejected might be in a form of a relationship. Believing that this is going to be the one. Your prayers have been answered. Your knight in shining armour has presented himself. The woman that has been destined to be by your rib, by your right hand side, has now been the one you are like, yes, finally my prayer and fasting has been answered. For some of us, that could be a long term relationship. For some of us, that could be a period that even develops from courtship into an area and a period of engagement. That is now my fiance. To now get to a particular period and find out that they are no longer my fiance. The relationship is now over. And then we go back removing the rings for those that are females, the engagement ring. For the guys sometimes not even sharing the stories of the breakup, feeling rejected. Sometimes rejection might be a little bit deeper. For those that have actually made it all the way onto marriage. But then, unfortunately, the debris and the pain of divorce become apparent to your life. And what happens? Even that now feels like a stain of shame. And in that stain of shame, you feel a sense of rejection, of not being worthy, of making mistakes, of feeling that you failed God and you failed your marriage and you failed your children for those that have had children. And you've also failed yourselves. Rejection. Rejection really can hit home and hit hard. But if there's things that we see in this particular scripture in First Peter chapter one, chapter two, sorry, verses one to twelve, we're seeing particular points. We see in verse one it says, it tells us, therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, all hypocrisy, all envy, and all evil speakings. I want you guys to know that sometimes when you feel rejected, that might lead you to a place where you you feel bitter, you feel angry, you feel bruised, you feel hurt, you feel disappointed. And you feel let down and you don't feel chosen. And that can lead you to habits of speaking evil things, of hypocrisy, of gossip, of even anxiety and fear of being depressed and feeling downcast. But it's important to know that there is so much more because in verse 2 it tells us, As newborn babes desire 
pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. I believe that we must be careful that when we feel rejected by people of the world, it doesn't take us to seeking worldly habits, but takes us back to God's word. It shouldn't seek you tasting worldly things in order to camouflage the pain, but it should take you back to God's word. Because it's God's word that can feed the soul and the spirit. But the world will only feed your appetite for a season. And unfortunately, when the appetite is not satisfied, we seek greater things. And most of the times, those things may be deemed as sinful in the sight of God and his holy scripture. And as we seek that more, we begin to lose our closeness, our relationship with God, because we have now found pleasure in temporal things that ultimately will birth long-term pain. One of the things that we begin to see in there, verse 3 begins to tell us, it tells us in his word indeed that you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Some versions say that the Lord is good. And if there's one thing I, I want you to understand here in this particular scripture, it's alluding to salvation. It's alluding to when you have been saved for the first time. There is a joy, there is a freedom, there is a liberation that comes over you. You're like, oh my days, is this what true freedom feels like? Is this what eternal life, a glimpse of eternal life feels like? And yes, the Lord is good. The Lord is kind. The Lord is, is pleasurable to our soul and to our spirit. But we must be careful that we don't seek things of the world. And we must remember that the taste of salvation is just a glimmer of what eternity feels like and looks like. We see further down in verse four, it says stones from the ground that came. Sorry, stones from the ground, the same way man has made them from dust. And what do I mean by that? We see in, in verse four when it says in the coming to him as a living stone rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. And that shows us that we see that in us as humans, when God understand that he made us from dust, also stones come from dust. And the stones from the ground, in the same way that God made us from the ground, the stones from the ground, we are now the precious stones from the ground that God has made us significant and also precious. On your journey of feeling rejected, know that you are precious. Know that you are chosen for this chosen generation. Know that you are chosen for this particular moment in time in order to do the things of God, in order for God to get the glory in all the things that he wants to happen and have in your life and in this particular season. It is important to know that because you may be rejected by men, but you are chosen by God and you are a precious God, you are a precious stone. You are a precious jewel in the sight of God. We see verse 5, it says also, as a living stone being built up a spiritual house. Please take note of that for those that are following on in their scriptures. Being built up in a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. What does it tell us? It tells us that this is a spiritual house. It says that we are a holy priesthood. I therefore believe that we are all called to be priests. What does it mean? To have a spiritual house is not only a physical house, but we see in the word of God that God wants to make our hearts, our bodies, our temples, his home. But every temple also needs a priest. And a priest has activities that they must follow. A priest are people that are chosen, the elect. A priest are people that are clothed and are also there to clothe others. Clothe others with the word, with love, with forgiveness, with kindness. 
to cleanse, to pray, to protect, to obey and to honour the things of God and God himself. But also a priest is also to give unto God sacrificially as we see in the latter part of verse 5. To offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Christ Jesus. These things are mightily important. But you must also see in verse 6 it tells us. Behold I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone elect and precious. And he who believes on him will also by no means be put to shame. As believers if you feel rejected in this world. Rejected in your job. Some people have lost their job during this current pandemic. Rejected in relationships. Rejected in your family homes, rejected by friends. Understand that God loves you. Understand that God has called you and understand that God has chosen you for a time like this. Because what does it tell us in verse 9? It tells us, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people. That you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvellous light. Notice it doesn't just say ordinary light. It says marvellous light. There is a beauty that when you reflect his marvellous light, you can also reflect that into the darkness of the world. And when you reflect his marvellous light into the darkness of the world, you pierce the darkness in order for light to be illuminated, for hearts and minds to be changed, in order for them people to be able to see the glorious goodness of the God that we serve. And I want to go into a few examples further of understanding what this may look like. If there's one thing I've always said that I love dearly is that I've, I've come to see that, you know what, Jesus was also rejected. We see in Isaiah, there is this illusion in Isaiah 53, and I usually read Isaiah 53 throughout many times over the period of Easter because there are so many gems in there that humble my heart in particular. And if there's one of the things we see is that Christ was rejected. And as Isaiah 53, we see in verse 3, it says that he was despised and rejected by men. He was despised and rejected by men. In verse 5, it says he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. Christ was rejected. If you ever feel rejected, you ever feel hurt by humanity, know that Christ was also hurt and rejected by humanity. And it's, there's one thing we also see in verse 10. It says, it pleased the Lord to bruise him. And in some versions, it says, it pleased the Lord to crush him. Why? Because Christ was called for a particular purpose. And it is vital and important to know that as Christ was called for a purpose, even in the present pain that we may feel when we are rejected, we are also called for a particular purpose. And it will take prayer and perseverance in order to know the pathway of prosperity that God has for us to bring unity to the community. It is so vital and so important to know the things that God has in store for us because Christ was also despised and rejected. We see in John chapter 1 verse 11, it tells us he came to his own, but his own did not receive him. Jesus' own people didn't receive him. To be rejected by your own people, some of us our friends, our family, some of us that might be watching and listening online that feel that we might have been orphaned, we might not even know who our biological parents are, our biological fathers or even our mothers. We may feel rejected. He came to his own but he rejected. And some of us have gone back to pursue such family members and maybe friends to reconcile 
but there's still a form of rejection. I want you to know that Christ felt that rejection as well. We also see in Matthew chapter 8, verses 19 to 20. And what does it say? It says, foxes, the latter part says, foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his own head. And sometimes in periods of rejection may lead to places like homelessness. Homelessness. But also understand that homelessness might not necessarily be a physical thing for you, but it might be a mental thing. You might not have a place to call home. You have a house, but it doesn't feel homely. I want you to know that Christ also felt the same way. He also felt rejected in this time. Because the scribe said, Christ, I want to follow you. And he was telling these people, was telling the scribes that came to him that, listen, you want to follow me? It's going to cost you sometimes feeling homeless. It's going to cost you feeling unwanted. But it is important to know that Christ felt rejected and understand that you are in good company. Because even though he felt rejected, he continued upon the calling that God the Father called him to doing and to achieving. We see in John chapter 15 verse 8, it tells us, If you are hated by the world, know that it hated me before it hated you. Yes, being a believer in the faith, in the Christian faith, is going to cost you your life. Could cost you your job, could cost you your friendships, and may even cost your relationships. But also understand that if they reject you, you should not ever take those rejections personally. Why? Because Christ was rejected. We also see in Matthew chapter 10, verse 22, don't let rejection lead you back to worldly things, I believe. Because what we see in John chapter 10, verse 22, it says that you will be hated by them all, by my name's sake. But he who endures to the end will be saved. And that's why I say, don't let the rejections of the world lead you back to worldly things. Sometimes when you feel rejected and you're like, oh my days, this Christian walk is long, it's difficult. During this pandemic, sometimes you might feel like, you know what, everybody's having fun and they're doing some ungodly things. And that may feel like a temptation to lead you back to those things. I want to implore you and remind you, stay holding, stay fastened to Christ. Don't let the rejection of the world lead you back to worldly things. And another thing I want you to also see here in Luke chapter 10, verse 16, it says, he who hears me, he who rejected, um, sorry, he who hears me, he who rejects you, rejects me. And he who rejects me also rejects the one that sent me. See, there is a pattern here. If you reject Jesus, they also reject the Father. If they reject you for your proclamation to Jesus, for calling yourself a believer in the Christian faith, for calling yourself a disciple of Jesus, know that they are not only rejecting you, they are also rejecting Jesus. But it is important that you do not take their rejection personal. It is important that the people that said, oh, you know what, I can't date you, you're too Christian for my liking, that don't take it personal. For they're not only rejecting you, they are rejecting Jesus. And if they're rejecting Jesus, they are rejecting the Father that called Jesus to come and die for us. And that's why I believe it's also important to understand in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 to, verse 6 to 9. So, sorry, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6 to 9. But a particular verse I want you to see here is in verse 9, where it says, We are God's fellow workers. You are God's field and God's building. That's quite important. You are God's field, but also God's building. Because we also saw when we was reading some of the scriptures beforehand, 
we see that one of the things we begin to see in here is that when you understand in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6 to 9, that you are planted, what do, what do we see that Paul speaks here? He says, I am planted Apollos waters, but God has given the increase. So then neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. Now he who plants and he who waters are one, and each one will receive his own reward according to their labor. It is important to understand as us people that as we continue to serve the kingdom of God, that even though we may not see the fruits of those that we have shared Jesus with the world, that understand such people would know that even though they might reject you, God is seeing these things. Even though sometimes you share God's goodness with the rest of the world, God is the person that will water and transform these things. God is the one that brings the increase. Do not feel rejected. Do not feel dismayed. Do not feel disheartened, but continue to continue the race with Christ as you run with him. Another thing we must also see here is in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. And 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9 reminds us that his grace is sufficient. When you feel rejected, know that God's grace is sufficient. When you feel not accepted, know that God's grace is sufficient. When you feel like, you know what, you, don't, you can't go on, understand that God's grace is sufficient for you. When you feel weak and you feel like, you know, I want to go back to the worldly things. I want to go back to the things that used to pull me left, right and center. Please understand that those temporal sins will only lead you down a slippery slope. And that slippery slope only takes you to a place where you will find no peace. And it is important to remember that your worries and your weaknesses, give it to God. Give all your worries and weaknesses to God. Give all your pains and problems to God because God truly does care for you. He truly does care for you. And again, I see here in Isaiah chapter 49, verses 14 to 15. Family may forget you, but your heavenly father will never forget you. Your family may forget you and may reject you, but your heavenly father would never do that. What does it tell us in this particular scripture? It says, but Zion said, the Lord has forsaken me and the Lord has forgotten me. But what do we see here? It says, we see the God, the Lord of hosts say, can a woman forget her nursing child and not even have compassion on her son in the womb but surely they may forget but i will never forget you when you feel rejected when you feel hurt when you feel let down when your heart feels hardened i want you to understand that turn that heart onto god because god will never forget you god will never leave you downcast we see in psalm chapter 27 verse 10 that when the father and the mother forsake me, the Lord will take care of me. God will take care of you. You must learn to trust in God. You must learn to hang on to the hope of the salvation that is found in God, despite how the world may treat you. Despite feeling that you are the last to be picked, understand that even when it feels like time is running out, the author of time will redeem the time for you. Please hang on to the hope of Christ. Please hang on to everything that God has for you. And for sometimes, Feeling rejected might feel like the mistakes that you've made. That God, I've done this thing. I've had an abortion. Or I've, I've killed someone. I've been in prison. I've stolen. Or I've robbed. Or I've hurt people. I've been disobedient. And in those sins, sometimes it will rob your thinking of being of sound mind. I've told people when I first got saved, I've shared this in my previous testimonies that um, we see in Romans 5.20 that where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. That scripture helped to renew my mind because I was always remembering my past sins. I was always remember, remembering all my past flaws. I was always remembering all my past mishaps. But I had to remind myself 
that where sin abounds, his grace abounds all the more. And I want to read a particular scripture in Revelations. And in Revelations 2, chapter 2, verse 4 to 5, and I want you to remember a particular thing. It tells us in verse 5, Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do your first works. Some scripture says, go back to your first love. And I believe that first love is knowing that God is love. God will redeem you. God will restore you. And that's why we must understand that repentance precedes rest. If you want to find true rest, we must first find repentance. If we must find true rest, we must find our hands back in the Savior. And we see again in also in Romans chapter 8 um, verse 1. Therefore, now there is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. Who not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. In a time when you are wrestling with the flesh, when you feel rejected and you feel tempted to go back to that drink, to go back to worldly things, to go back to that broken relationship. Understand that when you continue to delve within the flesh, the flesh only begets the flesh. But when you seek the spirit, that's when you find out that there is now no condemnation for you are now in Christ Jesus. And also that is taken in Romans chapter 15, verse 13. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and the peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of his Holy Spirit. That you may abound in hope by the power of his Holy Spirit. And that reminded me of a quote that I love from Pastor John MacArthur, which says, what you can't forget, God doesn't remember. What you can't forget, God doesn't remember. What do I mean by that? Sometimes you're riddled by guilt. And that guilt makes you feel like maybe I can't find breakthrough because of the, the things I've done and God is still holding it against me. No, my dear saint. No, my dear brother. No, my dear sister. Please understand that he throws your sin into the sea of forgetfulness and he remembers it no more. And as you are holding on to it, God is like, the same thing you you can't forget. I don't remember. I've thrown it into the sea of forgetfulness. My mercy is new every morning. My joy is new every morning. And we must hang on to the joy of Christ. And that leads me to some other pointers that I want you to remember. And when you feel rejected, but you must remember that you are chosen, that we must fix our sight on Christ. Fix your sight on Christ. Philippians chapter 4 verse 19 says, May the God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. And that is so important to hang on to that. His riches and glory. He'll supply all our needs. We see in Psalms chapter 37 verse 4. Delight yourselves also in the Lord. And he shall give you the desires of your heart. Understand that some of us are saying. God grant me the desires of our heart. But we must understand that. The desires of our heart do not proceed. Delighting ourselves in the Lord. Because when we delight ourselves in the Lord. The delight we have in the Lord. will renew our heart and renew our mind. To seek and desire things of God. That are true. Pure and peaceable and then those things will birth fruit everlasting unto everlasting and it is so important to understand these things in God Psalms chapter 94 verse 14 tells us for the Lord will not cast off his people nor will he, nor will he forsake his inheritance it is so important to remember as a people we must fix our sight on God when we are rejected in our workplace in our homes, by friends, by even our spouse in particular seasons. Fix your sight on God. Fix your sight on God. I also want to encourage some of my singletons for those 
that are seeking romance and relationships to understand that i want you to understand ladies do not lower your standards in biblical womanhood to pose and promote sensuality and sexiness in a day and age of today but understand that your knight in shining armor will find you in due time understand that and why do i share this because i've come to see that many have come to put cast their pearls among swine but casting your pearls among swine only diminishes your value when God says you're a chosen people. You're a precious jewel. You're a chosen people. You're a royal priesthood. And it is so important to understand. That. And my dear brothers, don't allow the bruises of your past to make you forget that God has called you, called you to be a king and a priest, a servant leader for his glory. We must level up for the Lord and not entertain lusts or our past losses. We must level up for the Lord and not entertain our past lusts or losses it is so important to move forward it is so important to choose god because we know that we are chosen by god and if there's one thing i love about god in in his scripture and in his word and what we learned earlier in seeing that where god's where we see that we are chosen that we are god's chosen people there are so many gems within god's word there are so many things within god's calling that he has called us to he has called us to a higher calling he's called us to know the fruits of the beauty of the father and the fruits of the father that lives in us he wants us to remember that we should never ever feel rejected but we must always know in god's sight we are accepted we see here in the last closing scriptures in psalms chapter 34 verses 17 to 19 it says the righteous cry out and the lord hears he delivers them out of their troubles and the Lord is near to the brokenhearted. I believe the Lord is near to the brokenhearted that have lost loved ones. And sometimes you're like, does God not hear me? Has he forgotten me? But not only for those that have lost loved ones, those that feel like they have lost their self during this pandemic, during this season, God wants to know that he is, he hears your cries. Cry out, dear saint. Cry out unto God. Because what does he say in verse 19? It says, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. The Lord will deliver you in various ways. He will deliver you from the pain. He will deliver you from the scars. He will deliver you from depression. He will deliver you from anxiety. He will deliver you from not feeling worthy. But we must continue to cry out. And that's what also takes me to Mark chapter 10, verse 47 to 49. And when he heard... It, that Jesus of Nazareth, Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then many warned him, Shh, keep quiet. But he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still and commanded him and commanded him to come. He commanded us, tell him to come. And they called unto the blind man and said to him, be of good cheer. Arise. He is calling you. Why do I love this scripture? I love this scripture because this is a blind man. See, when you feel rejected, it is very easy to feel blinded by the good things that God has placed in your life. They say sometimes that when there are 100 comments and 99 is praise, the one comment of criticism is what the mind remembers. And we forget the 99 
words of praise. It is vital that when we feel blinded by the things that God has blessed us with, his kindness, his goodness, life, clothing, shelter our homes, we must remember that we are a chosen people. We are a royal priesthood and he wants to make us his home. He wants to change us for his goodness. He wants to use us for his glory. He wants to know that even as we are sojourners and pilgrims that we can find true joy in Jesus. That the rejection of this temporary time should not define us but know that his love and as we repent would refine us in order to restore us that we can find rest, that we can find redemption and we can find hope in Christ and Christ alone. In Jesus name. Amen. And if you're here today and you've been listening in today's message, have you ever felt rejected? Have you ever felt alone? I just want you to pray with me. Whether you feel rejected in your place of work, amongst friends, amongst family, or even at times you feel far from God.